Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker pros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Cell, B-Cell, and T-Cell. Well, once again, we find ourselves in another week of the offseason, getting ready to get after it this year, watching the Huskers. And let me tell you, fellas, when the season starts, I can tell you, I do not want to be wishing for offseason right after week one like I was the year before and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. I want to believe in these Huskers till at least October this year. What do you mean just welcome back to another week of the off season? Jay, so let me tell you something here. It is another chance to just pad the stats on this off season national championship. Yeah, Jay, so you need to go back to the drawing board and look at all of these players that they had on campus last week. If we start landing some of these guys, get ready, son. Look, I don't care who you bring in. Look, Scott Frost brought in some guys, too. He did not bring in the best, but who? hey, that transfer portal Who did Frost year, bring in? Oh, Sean Mathis, old T-Cell's buddy. He was hyping up, said he was going to be the best player coming in as a defensive guy. I mean, he was a defensive player of the year in the Big 12. And I mean, we saw Big 12 defense in the Big 10, how it works out. It doesn't so i don't care how it looks on paper i want to see what it's looking like on the field and i just want to believe into october this season the guy that b was talking about that scott frost brought in was his buddy logan smothers who he said was the future of nebraska football and if the team gave up on him too soon he was gonna throw his jersey in the closet the straight slander out of your mouth week to week, Tiesel, makes me wonder why we have you as a co-host on The Scoop. Let me tell you something. Logan Smothers was not a guy that Frost brought in that everybody was praising or excited about. I could not go through everybody, the list. Just you, Vesel. Just I could you. Go, I could go through the list of guys that I was excited about and I was pumped up about and hoping that we could hit some talent with from the Scott Frost era. And let me tell you, every single one of those guys played like they were recruited by Sprinkles. Let me tell you something, B-Cell, they might have been recruited by him or looked like they were recruited by him, but Sprinkles was out there putting out a better show than Scott Frost ever did. Sprinkles brought us to the promised land, a.k.a. a bowl game, and that is all we could be hoping for at this point, being a Husker fan. I mean, it has been a lifetime of drought for me, and I it is starting to set in. I am am a realistic fan right now i am done drinking the kool-aid this is terrible i will get back on the kool-aid as soon as we see those 2024 recruits start signing hold on hold on time out there jason i think you just completely contradicted the question that you brought up three weeks ago you're talking that sprinkles put out a better show than scott frost wasn't your whole thing about 20 years of crap in one championship versus uh, getting second place every year. Sprinkles got blown out by anybody who was decent, but then we would beat Illinois versus Scott Frost, who played close games with everyone, but kept losing. And that's what you said you'd be okay with. You said you would be okay with 
losing a bunch of close games, but at least you were a respectable team. No, 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 no. We want championships. We want conference championships. We want national championships. That's what you said, Jason. I think this guy's delusional and absolutely forgetting something. I said I would take that, but it had to come with a championship. Did Scott Frost ever get a championship? No. Did Sprinkles ever get a championship? championship. No. The best, the best three-win team of all time. You've been hyping it for three years now. That's not a time to trophy I'm trying to take home. My trophy is a national championship. I can't wait till they bring back the crystal ball just for the Huskers because it's been such a drought and the last time they won it was with the crystal ball. We do not want this gold trophy. We want the crystal ball back because we're coming for the BCS National Championship because that's the last trophy we've ever held. I just want to point out, it sounds like your uh, Kool-Aid cup's a little full there, j For somebody who said they're a realistic fan and staying off the Kool-Aid, let me tell you something. I could crack you a nice little can of roulade over here and fill that cup back up because it sounds like you have bought into the team. And speaking of roulade, let's just get right into it here. I think what Matt Rule has done in one offseason speaks volumes to the kind of coach that Nebraska finally has at the helm. The last guy that I was this excited about for recruiting classes goes all the way back to Bo Pelini. Nobody was excited about Mike Riley's recruiting classes. Sure, you had that little Calabrasca excitement, but half those kids never even made the team. They stepped on campus and transferred to Oregon State. Then you had Scott Frost bring in these players that everybody thought, oh my gosh, we're going to be like Oregon. Wrong. Not even close. So I think Matt Rule is doing a great job at building up some hype. And yes, it is an alumni's kid that it is all centered around. And even if Dylan doesn't come to the Huskers, he has given us so much exposure to a ton of top tier recruits that Nebraska has a realistic opportunity to get a decent recruiting class and actually sign a lot of top tier talent like they poached off of this Georgia national championship team. Yeah, that was a whole play- lot of nonsense right there, B-Saw, a whole lot of nonsense. Let me tell you <laughs> something. Scott Frost never had me believing into October, and Sprinkles started out 7-0 one season, and I was feeling it. We were in the top five in the national rankings, and I never saw us break top 10 with Scott Frost at the range. Well, Jason, I got to tell you, it's more about how you finish the season than it is how you start the season. Because that year that you're talking about with uh, good old Mike Riley, the sprinkle magnet, uh, we didn't win another game that season. I'm pretty sure we lost out after going 7-0, which was just absolutely pathetic. And that's the kind of coach that you're hyping. You should be ashamed of yourself right now. Hey, Tiso, let me tell you something. You were feeling the Kool-Aid that season just like me a lot later into the year than you ever have under Scott Frost. And that guy was a so-called offensive guru for you. Couldn't get us believing until the end of August. I am telling you, Sprinkles, that one season was electric. He had me hyped. Even though it was fake belief, I had belief. Well, the real hype that I can remember, the last real hype that I had was with Bo Pelini himself when 
He had a storming into the Big Ten championship game. And yes, I know that that only lasted about two minutes into the game, but that was the last real hope that I had. Mike Riley never had us close to a Big Ten championship. What do you mean he never had us close? We were sitting in first place. We were top five in college football. How are you not believing at that point in the season? I believe you were at that game with me against Ohio State, and you were the one picking us to beat Ohio State. When on the field, we saw the exact opposite. Yeah, we should have left after the kickoff based on how that game went. That's how terrible that Ohio State-Nebraska game was. And I'll tell you what, Jay, so that that year he still wasn't close to a Big Ten championship game. We won all the early games. We don't play any Big Ten opponents. He still got his ass busted as soon as the Big Ten games started. But one thing that you said in that statement right there, Tiso, that rings true is he won. When Do either Scott of you Frost want a participation trophy? Because nobody cares about Mike Riley. Not a single person in the state of Nebraska gives a crap how he is doing. Because he came in and he decimated a program. He was the polar opposite of Bo Pelini, which is the only reason he got a job. Bisa, I'm pretty sure you're the one who was asking for a participation trophy. Aren't you the guy who brought up 20 years of second place finishes? Everybody gets a trophy, even second place. Isn't that what you were talking about? Now I was trying to tell you, no, no, no. National championship is all we count. And you're like, no, no, no. Everybody gets a trophy in the top five. First off, the words participation trophy never came out of my mouth, nor did I say everybody gets a trophy, especially second place. What I said was I would take coming in second place in the national championship for 20 years in a row because then you are winning your conference. I will take conference championships to get us back to relevancy, to get us back to a point where recruits are choosing to come to Nebraska. Bissell, just because you go to the national championship and even lose the national championship, heck, even if you win the national championship, does not mean that you won your conference. I just want you to know that Georgia beat Alabama in the national championship and they lost in their conference championship to Alabama. Yeah, well, the committee has shown that they're not going to take two Big Ten teams, so we can just accept the fact that that would mean Nebraska has won the conference and we are good to go. You're right. They have proven that they're not going to take two, and just like they did with Ohio State, taking them over the Big Ten champion in Penn State. Well, Jason, I got to tell you, if we're good enough that the committee is picking us up for the Big Ten champ, I would be more than thrilled with that. If they start giving us that national recognition that Ohio State has and or Alabama has, and they start pulling us out of the Big Ten, even though we finished in third place, I would gladly take that any day of the week. Well, let's just get right into it then, because I'm kind of tired of talking about what Mike Riley did versus what Scott Frost did. Let's take a look at what Matt Rule's done. And again, I'm going to ask you guys, what was the biggest name prospect that you are most excited for and hoping that the Huskers sign out of this group that was visiting Lincoln aside from Mr. Number One overall, Dylan Rayola? Well, B, so that's an easy one for me. You got to lock down Mario Buford. And yes, I don't know if he was on campus. I assume that he was. But the fact that his brother is a starting safety on the team, 
you got to land this guy. You got to bring him in. You got to land the people that have the connections. And he's just another four-star prospect who has the connections to Nebraska. Let's land him. Let's bring him in. This guy has the talent to be a future starter. Now, Tiesel, I think you took the easy route there. Uh, Buford's going to sign. He's going to be a Husker. His brother plays for the Huskers. It's the exact same thing that happened with Boodle's brother coming to play for Nebraska. Let me tell you, the best prospect that was on site, aside from Dylan Rayola, was Brandon Baker, the number one offensive lineman recruit. And Matt Rule knows that to win games and to build a program back up, it's got to start in the trenches, both sides of the line. And we saw how atrocious that offensive line was last year. And I think if they can sign and bring in Brandon Baker, that is going to be huge for the Huskers moving forward. So, Vesel, you're telling me you're not satisfied with what Matt Farniak has done out there. That name doesn't even deserve a response. The fact that he got drafted by the Cowboys shows how desperate the NFL is for linemen with size, not linemen with talent. I actually, I kind of agree with the NFL here. You can't teach size, but you can teach a player to be a good football player. And ultimately, the coaches that Scott Frost had and how he brought himself there, he didn't give these guys a chance. I mean, if the NFL sees talent in somebody and and they bring him in and they give him a shot like Matt Varniak, and he, I mean, we watched him on campus and thought he was trash. That says all you need to know about the coaching that we had. Look, I'm going to cut you guys both off right there. Look, I don't want any other guy on offense. We had an explosive offense. I mean, you could always use more guys on offense, but that is not who I'm going to highlight coming out of this weekend other than Dylan Rayola. Yes, who doesn't want Dylan Rayola? He's the number one recruit, and anyone will follow him. But the guy I'm looking at is out of Texas. This Nigel Smith II, a D lineman, a big bruiser up the middle, which this defense has been lacking for years. So I think it would be a huge get if Matt Rule has the opportunity to get this guy to sign. But I think it's going to come down to where Dylan Rayola ends up playing. And I think you brought up a good point there, Jason. It is Matt Rule diving back into his college roots, recruiting down in the state of Texas. And it is a big push that he and his coaching staff have made this year to get as many kids from the state of Texas and really build that pipeline back up because that is where you can find a ton of talent at the college football level. That would be, I mean, if I was a head coach, that would be the place I'd hit the hardest every single year. I'm looking Texas first over everybody else when it comes to top talent. Yeah, I think you got to recruit in Texas too. I mean, they have predominantly the best football players Coming out of high school. Could not agree more with that, JSL. But guys, I have a question for the panel. I have a question for the scoopers out there. When breaking down Johnny Rogers' football stats, would you consider him more of a running back or a wide receiver? I would consider him more of a wide receiver, but I do believe back then, remember, I was not alive, so I was not watching Johnny Rogers play the game. I believe they just used him more as an all-around athlete 
I believe he was listed as a running back and therefore did a lot of everything. It was kind of a Wandell Robinson, even though Wandell was more of a wide receiver. Yeah, Jason, I think it's a good point there is back in the day, the best player got the ball in his hand, regardless of what position he was listed at. The Jet played running back because it was the easiest way to ensure that he was getting the ball in his hand as many with as many opportunities as you could give him because passing the ball back in the day was not as fluid or as easy as it is in today's game. But I do know Johnny had a ton of yardage after the catch, and I believe a majority of those were screen plays that he took the distance. Well, I would say, if anything, he was a wide receiver who played running back as well because I, as Jaso, did not watch the guy play. But when I'm breaking down this guy's stats, he's in the all-time ranks for wide receiver, and he's nowhere to be found for the running back for rushing yards. I mean, if you look at his three seasons that he played, in 1970, he had 39 carries for 219 yards and four touchdowns. 39 catches, so the same amount of catches as carries, for 710 yards and seven touchdowns. Then in 1971, he had 40 carries for 269 yards, two touchdowns, and 57 catches for 956 yards and 11 touchdowns. And then in 1972, his Heisman year, he had 73 carries for 348 yards, 10 touchdowns and 58 catches for 1,013 yards and nine touchdowns. And that 1,013 yards that Heisman season for him ranks fourth all-time in receiving season for a Nebraska wide receiver, and that's only because Trey Palmer passed him this season and Stanley Morgan passed him in 2017 and 18. So he held on to that rank for over 50 years, which is incredible by this guy. So I just look at it. I think he was more of a running back, but he was kind of ahead of his time. But also, maybe not, because Wandale Robinson, as Jason mentioned, if Nebraska used him correctly, he should have been putting up those types of stats that Johnny the Jet was putting up. But instead, Scott Frost had him sit on the bench for no reason at all because he wanted a true running back and a true wide receiver, when really you have the ultimate weapon, a guy sitting back there that – Nobody can stop. Nobody can block. Nobody can tackle. And we wasted. We wasted Wandale for what he could have really done for us. Now, Tiesel, I think it's important to mention here that all Nebraska did with the Jet was get your playmaker in space to make guys miss. Those carries that you were talking about with the limited number of yardage after getting a handoff is because he was running between the tackles there. That yardage was yards after the catch. That was a lot of yak right there. And let me tell you, he was putting in work there, but that is the best player on the field being open in space. Now, be so I'm not, I'm definitely not arguing that you get your playmaker, the ball any way that you can. And that's what I'm saying that Scott Frost did not do with Wondell Robinson. He should have been used the same way. He should have been in the backfield, handed to him, run up the middle, run to the outside, do a little screen pass, do a little slant right up the middle. Get this guy the football because he was your best player on the team. And clearly that shows when he set all an all-time season ranks 
at Kentucky for that one season, and now he's playing for the New York Giants. Something Nebraska completely missed on. I don't think that's the only thing Scott Frost missed out on. I think he was just set in his ways and wanted to run a West Coast offense when that's really not what you do in the Big Ten unless you're Ohio State. And the Huskers haven't been Ohio State since they have joined the Big Ten. That is for sure, based on all the records, based on all the players they even have on their teams, they should have been running a little bit more smash-mouth football behind some of the offensive linemen and maybe open up the field for your passing game. But you don't really have a passer with Adrian Martinez at the helm, so they should have been looking to run the ball, maybe a little bit more of a speed option type with Adrian Martinez there when Scott Frost was the head coach. And I feel like you guys can't, let it go you continue to turn the page back to talk about the scott frost era and it's such a disappointing era of nebraska football we just need to move on from it and i think we should start talking about some other things that rules done besides just recruiting tell me how do you guys feel about the new tradition that he is trying to start at nebraska with the jerseys number zero through nine Lisa, I don't know how we're supposed to move on when this just ended last season. I mean, we haven't even seen rule on the field. How am I going to go out there and depict what this guy has done? Yes, he's done some good stuff off the field. Yeah, we were all hype. Everyone was so hype about the Scott Frost hire and what he was going to do off the field and then what he was going to do on the field. I don't think it matters until you see what he puts on the field and the outcomes in the games. And I'm telling you. If he doesn't win week two against Colorado, I am putting the pitchforks together and we are running him out of town. Yeah, so I agree. That is the number one game on my list that Matt Rowe has to win this season outside of Wisconsin because we all know I just got to beat those guys. But I do want to touch on the thing that BSL just mentioned with the Jersey 029. I love it. I love it that you have to earn a jersey number. You got to, I just like the idea of you just have to earn something. You got to earn your scholarship. You got to earn the right to wear the scarlet and cream out there every Saturday. You got to earn that right because it seems like for the last six, seven years that we haven't been to a bowl game, those guys haven't earned anything. You know, I mean, like, yeah, they earned it in practice, but. I mean, you're not winning games, so you got to go out there and you got to show why you play for Nebraska because you could win more games at Tulane. So you got to prove why you're at Nebraska and earn it there with wins and W's and bowl game appearances and championships, conference championships, everything. Peaceful, I agree with you. I think it's great for the program. Matt Rule said a couple important things in his press conference when talking to that. And one of the biggest things that he mentioned was the point of this was to make the kids earn their jersey. You want to be number three? Prove it. Come out and play for it. It's something that's going to be voted on by the players who are on the team on who should represent the Cornhuskers wearing those jersey numbers. You're a low number. You're exemplifying what it means to be a Cornhusker at the University of Nebraska. It shows that you're a team player a hard worker, and one of our top players. You know what? And I'll take it a step farther. You only get to wear that number three jersey after the team has three wins. So guess what? That better come 
in September because if you're waiting to wear that number three jersey and you trot out there in the number three in November and there's no number four out there, I don't want to see that thing out there on the field. I'm giving out zero through nine with wins. Well, actually, no, zero through 12 with wins. And the only time somebody is winning, wearing a number 12 jersey is in a conference championship game because that means that you have 12 wins out there or in the bowl game. And that's what I would do as a coach. If you want to be number seven, you got to win seven games because we all know that seven seems to be everybody's favorite number. And I'm not handing out number seven for no reason at all. You got to win seven games, then you can earn the right to wear number seven. And you know what? I'll take it even a step further than that. Not only am I handing out these jerseys after they get those wins, but the guy who wins MVP of the game gets to wear that next number jersey so if you're voted mvp of the michigan game and that was win number eight on the season then in game number nine you're the guy who gets to wear jersey number eight and rep it out there and showing you're the mvp we got eight wins and we're headed for nine and lastly i will say some people might think that's harsh but really it's not harsh You got to earn these wins every single week. You got to earn your jersey every single week. I mean, that's life in general. You got to earn the right to be at your job. And ultimately, it's not as harsh as what B-Soul would do because B-Soul would be cutting these guys water. He'd be slashing the hose. If you guys want a water break after next week's game, then don't give up 51 points to Georgia Southern. You're not wrong there. I would be less likely to give a kid a scholarship if the team isn't producing here. But I think handing jersey numbers out based on win total is something that's unrealistic at this point in Nebraska's tenure, especially with Matt Rule coming in and doing that in his first year when this is a three-win team. This team hasn't been to a bowl game. They haven't been over six wins in the last four years. That's ridiculous. And to sit here and tell me that nobody's going to be able to win wear number six through 12 isn't realistic. I think what he's doing is a great way to start the tradition. And heck, maybe he rolls it into the total wins on the season before that jersey can make its debut. And it goes to the best player from the week before who wins the game. And listen, I'd be all on board for that. I think kids would play their heart out to get a chance to wear number six when the sixth win of the season comes around. But I don't know that that is something that is going to happen there for you, T-Cell. Well, then guess what? They're not wearing number six if I'm the coach. Because the only time you get to wear number six is if you have six wins, you earned yourself a bowl game. And that's what I want to see. And you know what? If a kid has said, hey, I'm wearing number six, blah, 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 then win six games. And you can have number six and be the MVP. So you go out there, you earn that number six jersey. And if you guys don't win six games, nobody gets number six. And that's the way that it is. And If we got too many scholarships, we're cutting people at that point because we have to earn those zero through 12 jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good mantra he's going with. I mean, if you have to earn your number, that is what it's going to come down to. I mean, this guy came in day one, started booting guys off the team, and that is what I like to see. If you're going to come in here thinking you got it made on a four and eight squad or the year before you were a three and nine squad, I don't want you. If you can't win football games, I 
don't watch it. So if you got to come into this team, you have to earn your jersey number. And guess what? It's a lot like Deion Sanders is doing out in Colorado. So it's a, you know, this game is going to matter week two. However, Deion Sanders going in, took away all the single digit numbers away from his players, except for one number. And that was for his son. And I think that's going to be a bad atmosphere in the locker room for them, along with the other guy that he brought with them, Travis Hunter. I mean, he was the number one recruit coming out of high school two years ago. Look, I don't think you can go into a place and say that these guys get the numbers they want while you're taking away from other people. Make them earn it, too. And this is what Matt Rule is going to do. And I think that's what needs to be done. Look, you can already have it set in stone who's going to get them, but make them feel like they earned it. And let me tell you, besides the jerseys, I want to know what you guys are going to believe at this point before the NFL draft has even happened, before the spring game has even happened, what is going to be the most improved part of the football game coming in with Matt Rule this season that we are even going to be able to write down in our notepads week one, jot it down in our brains and just see that, wow, this is completely different than the Scott Frost era. Well, I'll tell you the number one thing that I discipline out there. That is not what I was going to say. The number one thing that I am going to say that I expect this season is blocking. I suspect that they are going to work on blocking all offseason. Guys are going to get sick of it. Wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. Anybody out there is going to be working on blocking, even defensive players, because it was one of our biggest issues. And you're not going anywhere if you can't block. If you can't hold a block for two seconds, you got problems as an offense and so i suspect they're going to be running a lot of sprints and they're going to be blocking an awful lot in practice look i don't think i could disagree with that one there t saw i think blocking is what it's going to come down to to even get dylan rayola to commit to the huskers it's going to come down to blocking i mean if a guy's looking he's the number one recruit coming out of high school and he's looking at a team that he could possibly go to and they have zero offensive line zero blocking up front and he's just going to have pressure in his face i mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you want to get to the next level taking a lot of hits in college ain't the way to do it but that is not what i have going for it i what what i got written down is that the Huskers are going to flip the switch on the defense. It's going to be the defensive front. They are going to get a push this season. We're going to see tackles for losses, hurries on the quarterbacks, and sacks. I'm not sure if, you know, Sully's the scoopers out here. I'm not sure if any Husker fans around the world remember what a sack is. But, yes, we are going to be getting back and getting sacks. I think you both bring up two good things that Matt Rule is going to work on this offseason with this team, but both feed right into the main difference. And I said it earlier, and the number one thing that we are going to see a difference from the Scott Frost era to the Matt Rule era is discipline. This will be a disciplined football team this year. saw I could not agree more with that statement. We got to get our discipline straight. We got to get this team straight. We got to figure out how to eliminate dumb, stupid penalties that Scott Frost was plagued by his entire tenure at Nebraska. And 
And really, you could argue Bo Pelini was with was plagued with the same thing. I mean, Bo Pelini's teams were more great than Scott Frost, but they were playing for different things. Bo Pelini was plagued from making a Big Ten championship with some stupid penalties, as to where Scott Frost was plagued from just winning six games. And that's just sad in general. So if they get those three things figured out coming into this season, this this team is going to be great. Yeah, I agree with you, Tiesel. And I think Matt Rule has everything that it's going to take to change the culture and build this program back up that Nebraska needs. I think he's the right guy for the job. And the more that we continue to see it this offseason, the more I am continuing to buy in. I think next year is going to be a growing year, honestly. But listen, it also wouldn't surprise me. The West is wide open in the Big Ten this year. I could see the Huskers making a run and really buying into what Matt Rule is bringing to the table and shocking the world. Look, B. So I do want to agree with you here. I think Matt Rule was a good hire, but I do want to say that it is going to come down to next season. Look, I don't care what you do in the offseason. It's going to come down to what you put on the field and how they execute. And I believe that the real makers mark the one everyone is checking on their calendar is week two at Colorado. But, Jason, you could take it further because, I mean, if we don't show up against Minnesota week one, I'm not going to have much confidence heading in to Colorado. I don't know what all this nervousness is about Minnesota and Colorado. Those should be two W's on the schedule. Bissell, I've been crying that exact tune for the last seven years, and it is slowly driving me insane. All these teams that we're losing to, we should be blowing out. If I was the coach, the game would be over by the end of the first quarter. That's some of these games that we're playing. Georgia Southern, are you kidding me? And they beat us? The fact that they even played a close game is pathetic. Yeah, I do believe that it is going to be tough. I don't mean, you can't just come in here looking past Minnesota. Look, they've had a 10-year coach now. They have it, a team, an atmosphere that's been working for them. I mean, they've beaten the Huskers year after year under Scott Frost, and that's the last thing we've had on the field was a Scott Frost team. Matt Rule hasn't even been here, so I don't know how you can just go out there and just say we're going to win this game. We haven't even seen a Matt Rule practice. We haven't even seen the spring game under Matt Rule. We haven't seen this team get on a field together and see what they can do. So I don't know how you could come out here and just say that they are going to beat Minnesota. Look, I am a hope one, but you know, I'm starting to get reality checks every once in a while, especially watching these Huskers year after year, and it just kills me. I want to get that's why I was said earlier in this podcast that I wanted to get back to Sprinkles just because that one season he had me believing until October, but sorry, into October, but. I do believe that this is going to come down to Colorado, and I think Colorado is the first matchup that you can look at and guarantee a win. And guess what? If a win doesn't come from that guarantee, I'm over Rule. I'll be the first one on here calling for Rule's name to be 
checked off the list. Let's see who's on. Jay, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut you in. off right here because here's the thing: Minnesota has a whole new team coming in this year. They lost their quarterback for the last 15 years. They lost their running back, who was often injured, but one of the greats for the last eight years. Then you turn around. So Minnesota is gonna be trying to find their identity. Week one, win. Then you're playing a Colorado team who's going to be trying to find their identity after Dion came in and basically told every starter from the Colorado team they were garbage and don't deserve a scholarship. Half those kids are still on the team and in the program. You think those kids are going to be buying into Dion by week two? Wrong. Dub. Then you you're right. You're right. Our- no, you're totally right. You're totally right. These Huskers that just went four and eight, they've already bought into Matt Rule. We've already seen that they know how to play together and they Matt Rule just already brought in a playbook that's just no, phenomenal. They can put up points, they can are... stop anyone. I mean this is just this team. You know what? Natty champs. Natty champs be so they're beating everyone. You're they I don't see a team that they this team can't beat. Bama, get them on the get them on the schedule. Georgia straight. get them on the schedule. Where, where's Ohio State? We'll see them in the Big Ten championship when we're undefeated. And you know what? We'll just keep on rolling on the field. Be so. This is delusional. You need to be cut off of the Kool Aid, and I'm telling you that. No, no, no. Because what you need to understand as well is when you start looking at it and you go page by page, each team in the Big Ten West this year is going through extreme growing pains. The Huskers are returning more starters than anybody. I wouldn't even say they're growing. They're just going through pain. But they turned around, and Matt Rule got these kids to leave who had been part of the program for four years, never been part of a winning team. And he said, listen, guys, what you've done for the program, you guys have been staples for. Garrett Nelson, we appreciate you. However, take your chance at the NFL draft because you do not have an opportunity with my team this year. You want to know why? You're not a winner. I'm sorry. You're a good player. You're a great guy. Even better human, you're not a winner. That is what that is the changes he is making. The fact that we didn't have a safety coming in, and you're looking at this D, this DBs and everybody last year. You guys were both on the Hartsog train saying Malcolm Hartsog's a different maker, difference maker. He's out there. He's fantastic. News out of camp after the first scrimmage. Malcolm Hartsog now the starting safety for the Huskers. They've moved him out of corner. Matt Rule is making adjustments. He has guys wearing gray jerseys playing both sides of the ball to figure out where they have a future. You're literally delusional right now. I might be out here saying Malcolm Hartsock is a good player. He's a game changer. He's a game changer on a 48 team. So how are you going out here going to say that they're going to win? I'm saying Matt Rule is going to put these guys in a better position than they were in last year to win even more. This team is not far off. And I can tell you right now, Colorado was a bottom five team in all of college football last year. And to sit here and tell me that because Dion brought him and his kid in, and you think that they're all of a sudden going to be a top-tier team, you're delusional. There is no reason, there is no reason that the Huskers won't beat Colorado. When did I say that? When did I say that Colorado was going to be a phenomenal team? When did I say that? I never You've said been that. Talking I said it off. Is- you said, no, you said, oh my gosh, Deion Sanders, we could have had him. If Deion gets lucky and beats us, I don't, I don't want Matt Rule anymore. I want Urban Meyer. I'm going to cry yep. about it. I'm going to be like that a little co-ed at the bar because I want Urban, Daddy Urban. 
That is exactly what I said, and I will stick with it. You're the guy out here saying us we're gonna blow him out, and you're gonna. I say didn't say blow him out. I Colorado, said we're gonna win. You're still gonna want Matt Rule. You're still gonna want Matt Rule if we lose to Colorado. Absolutely. And what happens when we lose to Minnesota? Uh, not gonna happen. But and Matt what Rule... happens when we go three and nine once again? What happens if we go? Two and ten, huh? This is a new coach. How are you coming out here and just saying he's going to win the Big Ten? Be so. I'm coming at you with the reality check. We ain't Ohio State. We ain't any of these teams. All these teams have coaches that have had a program rolling. You're bringing in a terrible four and eight squad. Look, you can come into this four and eight squad and tell all the starters to hit the road, Jack. But guess what? Then you're stuck with those guys' backups. What does Ooh, that get I'm you? Sorry. Two I'm and sorry. Two and ten, I I'm sorry. Who in the Big Ten West has had their program rolling? I believe Illinois was rolling into the late year, late last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they make did they make the Big Ten championship game? No, they did oh, not. Oh, did 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 Brett Bielema make make it to a championship game with Illinois? The cupcake of the Big Ten? Did he do well, that? The cupcake. The cupcake. Oh, no, no, so he didn't. Did so so tell me again. How did they tell do me in again Lincoln? who is rolling? How did they do in Lincoln? Tell me, tell how did they me do again. in Lincoln? Oh, congratulations. How did they do you beat an interim head coach. Next. And what okay, did they do the year before that? You guys are remembering the West is full of a bunch of flukes. It's it's one guy hits the high for one year. And we Ooh, have put it, it all on red. Put it all on red and they won. We just Congratulations. Lost. We were Northwestern's only win, and you're coming out here just telling me that we are going to win. We're going to win this game. We're going to win that game. Hell, we're going undefeated. We're going to the national championship. What team have you been watching? Bisol, are are you is your DVR set? Because I believe you're watching recordings from back in the nineties. Bisol, this is twenty twenty three. We got a whole new squad. We just watched the twenty two season. We didn't win, Bisol. We I'm, lost to a one and eleven squad. Jay, so my answer for you would be this. Okay, what's the difference between two and ten and four and eight? Nothing. There's there's no difference between two and ten and four and eight. I don't care so about fire. one of those records. So get rid of them. Well, so get that's rid of the I'm point. I'm not riding with the guy Rule, that's two and ten. I'm not Matt riding Rule, with the guy that's four and eight. I'm not riding with the guy that's two and ten. You were if flying Rule, with Scott Frost after a three and nine season. He's my head coach. Different. He's an offensive guru. I'm with him, ride or die, until I die. Two games into the next season, and you sold. If I'm ranking, him. if I'm ranking after the three and nine season, if I'm ranking top top. College coaches of all time. Scott Frost is number one, and Urban Meyer is number two. <laughs> See, now you guys just keep talking. You just keep talking to try to get me going right now. But listen, so you try to talk facts right now is getting me going because you are delusional going on about How this. How am I delusional? So no, I want to know. You said, you said who is rolling to the Big Ten West. You tried to throw out Bielema, which is a joke. Didn't make the Big Ten championship. Didn't do anything. So please explain to me, again, who in the Big Ten West is rolling? I'd love to see which coaches you're out here saying that have their teams rolling, that these are the guys that are going to do it. Who's rolling? Nobody's you're, rolling. You know what? You're 100% exactly. right. Tiso knows right. exactly it. No, so you're 100% what is telling right. Matt oh. Rule is rolling. Matt Rule, Matt Rule is just rolling, man. He he has his team undefeated right now. I mean, Damn dude, straight. we're the best in the offseason. I mean, rolling. you can't beat that. Dude, I, you're just delusional. How are you going to come out here and just say that we're going to beat all these teams? 
DJ Fleck has been coaching. He has he beaten done? the Huskers every season. He's been there. How are you going to come out here and say that this new coach coming in week one is going to come out there and beat them? CJ, so here's where I'm going to use both of your own arguments against you. You could argue for for the uh, for the fluke year that Minnesota put up or Purdue put up or years know, Northwestern years. put up. Make that plural. Years. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. The fluke years that Minnesota put up, but they still only went to one Big Ten championship game. And guess what? How many times did they win? How many Big Ten championship games did they win? Oh, okay. You'll be quiet there for a second. All right. Then let's talk about Purdue. You know, the the new quote-unquote Big Ten West champs. How many Big Ten championships do they got? Nothing. What about Wisconsin? The guys who are dominating the Big Ten. Why do championships even matter to you at this point? Win games to even go to a bowl game. We haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. Why are you even talking about championship games? Because all it's ever about is championships, Jason. We can't even beat anyone. We can't beat anyone in the West. And you're talking about we're going to make it to the Big Ten Championship. We can't even beat a team in the West. I didn't say make the Big Ten Championship, but it's definitely possible because the Big Ten West teams are not that strong. Thank you, T-Cell. And to come back at J-Cell saying that P.J. Fleck has Minnesota Golden Gophers rolling. He's been there five years. What's he done? Absolutely nothing. And to sit here and say he's gone undefeated against Nebraska, that's a bold-faced lie. What's his record against Nebraska? One and four, or four and one. I apologize. Nebraska is one and four versus PJ Fleck at Minnesota. Oh, wow. Those are some good stats. We're going to beat them this year. I'll be with a brand new coach. What's hey. Nebraska's record against Wisconsin in those years? What's Nebraska's record against Illinois since Brett Bielema has been there? You could just eliminate Nebraska and just say, what's Scott what's, Frost and Mike Riley's record? What's Nebraska's record against a one win Northwestern team? I'll wait for you. Jay Scott Salt. Frost record. You mean what's Scott Frost? Scott Frost That's record against exactly it. And T. Sol did Matt it. Rule not just did Matt Rule not just acquire Scott Frost's team? And he flipped the team. This is a different he flipped era the of team college and football. he flipped the fingers. And With you know the transfer what? portal. The look at the team that they have this year. Oh this team God. can compete for a Big Ten West title and be in the Big Ten championship game. But if you go out there week one and lose to Minnesota, you're not winning the Big Ten West. <laughs> what told you that? What even told you we're going to go out there and beat Minnesota? We haven't won the first game of the season since I don't know. Six years now, it has been starting the year, and you know what? Let's look to the offseason. Look, I'm already ready to look to next year's offseason, but B-Cell over here is looking to next year's national championship game for some odd reason. I don't know what team this guy has been watching. Like I said, his DVR has been set from the 90s. Dude, you got to play it games from this era. And let me tell you something. You wouldn't even be talking about winning the game. We lost to Georgia Southern. Scott Frost we lost, lost to Georgia Southern. I what, am not what team putting my Frost name. Coaching? I am not putting my name underneath that team. T Cell didn't lose to Georgia Southern. Scott Frost did. Not T Cell. All right, then who lost? To we didn't lose. Scott Frost. Who lost to Northwestern? Scott Frost did. Who lost to Wisconsin? Scott Frost. No, he didn't. Who lost to Michigan? He definitely didn't beat Wisconsin. You, you got me there. 
Jay Saw. You know what? You're you're one hundred percent right there, T Saw. But I'm I might be with B Saw on this one. I mean, Wisconsin put them on the list, man. We're whooping them. I mean, we haven't beat them in ten years, but put them on the list. Dang it. Jason, when you look at the schedule and you look at the team that Nebraska has this year, Matt Rule is doing a great job. And all it's going to take is putting this team back into playing disciplined football. Scott Frost let these kids run wild for five years. Those kids didn't know how to tackle, didn't know how to play through the whistle, didn't know how to properly block or when to move off the line post-snap. All that is so. How many wins do you have the Huskers winning? How many? How many? How many wins do you have the Huskers getting? He's got them undefeated. I said. How many wins? Go through. Go through your list again. I I promise I'll try my best not to cut you off. But go through your list. I just want a total. Just give me a total number of wins because it takes six to get to a bowl game. We haven't done that since 2016. But you're right, you know, this guy just brought in a whole new team. We haven't even seen him practice and you're coming out here saying Big 10 champs. But I would love to I'd love to hear how many wins. First off, just because you haven't seen them practice doesn't mean we haven't seen them practice. And I can tell you this team is playing with a lot more intense intensity at practice than they ever did under Scott Frost. But again, I'm not here to talk about practice or practice heroes or anything like that. Realistically, the toughest game on the schedule is going to be Michigan coming into town to play in Lincoln, Nebraska again. A I game that Nebraska. Uh, what made you decide that one? <laughs> a game that Nebraska blew the last time Michigan was in town playing them. When you look at the schedule and you go line by line here, Realistically, this team should have nine to eleven wins. <laughs> they should have nine. They should have um, a guaranteed nine wins every season. No, we should have a guaranteed nine points a game, and that—that's something we might even struggle with. We struggle with it with Scott Frost. Look, you guys both need a reality check. Be so nine to eleven wins. You add up every season under Scott Frost, and he barely makes that. And you're coming out here telling me that this team that he that Matt Rule just acquired. Okay, okay, hold he on, brought hold in, on. No, I'm right, you you're right. He brought no, in no, three no, recruits no. that Give never played with second. each other, hold and on. they are just yeah. going to, oh, my God, give the ball to the Italians. Okay, so, you know, you're very quick to just point the finger and say Matt Rule couldn't do it. But I believe, and I'm going to quote you. I never you, said that. No, I'm I never said Matt you. Rule couldn't do it. I said it's very unlikely, and you're out here saying he's going to go 9 and 11 wins. No, you're – you are out here saying that he's not going to do it, that they can't win. But let me get this straight. Just, just hear me out. Didn't say so that. Dion, Dion can do it at Colorado. You're sitting here defending that. But you know that is not I, what I'm I not said. Gonna, no, that is I'm not, not what gonna, I said. I'm not even going to bring what that I said. up. I'm not even no. going to let you keep talking because that is not what I said. I said that the biggest game is going to come down to my book how Matt Rule does against Deion Sanders in Colorado because we could have had Deion Sanders, but instead we got Matt Rule. So if we lose that game, it is a bad hire because we could have gotten the coach that would have won that game. That is what I said. I never said that Deion Sanders was going to go put that program together, nor do I think Deion Sanders is going to be staying at Colorado for a while. It is a stepping stone for that man. The point I was trying to make is you're, you're just making up lies calling, about what I'm no, saying. So yes, you I'm are calling you off. every other new hired head coach better than Matt rule. 
And you've been saying it since you are throwing a temper tantrum about not getting Urban Meyer, who you claim you would have sold your soul to the devil to hire Urban Meyer, who would take this band of misfits that won four games last year and you said would turn into a national championship game team. You said that. You said Urban Meyer would come in and have them in the national championship and win. So tell me, J-Cell, please enlighten me on how a newly acquired Urban Meyer would come in and be able to flip the script on its head like that so quickly and get this team in the national championship with the same freaking schedule that Matt Rule does. Matt Rule has done everything that he needed to. You've got SEC transfers coming in. You've got top-tier talent coming in for recruits. You've got a lot of talent coming in the door. You are staffing and getting yourself all ready to go for next year as well. 2024 is going to be huge, especially with these prospects that he is looking at. So to sit here and tell me that he is not going to be winning games this year is a joke. This team will be more disciplined. This team will be better off and this team will be stronger than it was last year. So let me just quick ask you something here, B-Saw. How many national championships does Matt Rule have under his belt? Silence is a virtue. How many national championships does Urban Meyer have under his belt? How many programs has he done it with? Once again, silence is a virtue because once again, you are proving my point here, B-Saw. I would take Urban Meyer over Matt Rule. And I'll say that every day until we keep going. I do not care. I never said that all these coaches were better than Matt Rule. I said that Matt Rule was acquiring a terrible team. And you're coming out here saying they're going to win the Big Ten and go to the national championship. What would have been any difference if Dion came to Nebraska then? He still would have inherited this terrible team. But you're saying that a Colorado versus Nebraska game, if Dion wins it, oh, we could have had Dion. Well, chances are, if they flip the script, if you think Nebraska's team is that bad, guess what? The result probably would have been the same. And then you would have said, well, we could have had Matt Rule. Be so well, here's comes my down to coaching that. at that point. The, you, this guy's delusional. If Deion Sanders wins that game, Deion Sanders is the better coach. Both teams are pitiful last season. And by the flip of the switch into this season, in the second game, it's coming down to coaching. I don't care who you got on the field. It's going to come down to coaching because these are both brand new teams with brand new offenses, brand new coaching staff, brand new defenses. These kids are all still learning how to play in each of these setups that, yes, it is going to come down to coaching. And that is how you're going to know who is the better coach going into that game. Well, Jay, so here's your simple answer to that. And so I think I got the bridge to connect both your arguments. All right. B so you're saying you're saying how would Urban Meyer make a better team than Matt Rule? And it's simple. His name. Urban his name Meyer, and his track record. Urban Meyer, no, it has nothing to do with his name. Urban Meyer wouldn't be rolling out the same eleven starters. He'd be rolling out, you you'd see. It'd be two guys that started last year, and the rest are all new names. And so for, for, for B-Cell's argument of how Matt Rule could do it this year is how many of the same starters are we seeing from last year this year? Are we seeing a lot of transfers out there starting? Are we seeing a lot of freshmen out there or redshirt freshmen? Because if we are, then, yeah, he has potential to really rocket it up. But if we're rolling out you know, 18 of 22 starters from last year, probably not going to be much improvement realistically because you're not bringing out fresh, fresh young blood. You got to bring out the new blood, the guys that are hungry, the guys that don't have 
that losing mentality. I agree with you, Tiesel, and I think that's what Matt Rule has done. He has had a lot of these fifth-year seniors and fourth and regular seniors, true seniors, that they have talked to them, the staff has, and asked them to realistically look at it and say, we unfortunately do not have a position for you as a starter next year. We're going to ask you to move on from the program and let us rebuild. We appreciate everything you've done. And like I said, it's going to come down to week two and how I see the Matt Rule hire. I am not getting on the bandwagon just yet because I was riding it too high with Scott Frost. And guess what? Reality set in fairly fast for me. So this time I do not want to be up when the train goes down. But for this week, I want to thank you for joining us on the Sully Scoop. I'm J-Sull. I'm B-Sull. And I'm T-Sull. And don't forget to follow it, like, and leave a comment to be on next week's Grandstand Gossip. Go Big Red.